Welcome to Turn the Page. Design your dream career podcast with me, Tyann. And me, Kyla. This is the podcast we wish existed as we fantasized for a decade about trading our corporate jobs for a dreamy life of passion and travel. We're sharing all of the misperceptions that kept us plugged into the corporate matrix and rat race, including the falsehood that we had to completely start over from scratch versus simply turn the page. Hello, page turners. We're back for part two of what? What are we talking about, Tyann? Oh my gosh, Kyla, we have so much good stuff that we're talking about today. So today we're going to have a continuation of the conversation we started last time about engagement. And that's going to lead into how we navigate then life when we know life is not all unicorns and rainbows. Absolutely. So we want to, no matter if you're still in corporate or if you're on your own business or you want to move to a different career, uh, we want to talk about engagement because engagement is another whisper into the experience that you're having in this thing we call life, right? And Tyana, as we talked about in the last episode, continue to assess which parts of our business feel engaging. And we tend to create more of that. And then we might pare down on things that are not feeling as engaging. However, we also know that life is contrast. And if we didn't know sorrow, we couldn't know joy. So we're going to talk about that as well today. But let's kick it off. And Tyann, can you talk a little bit more about the areas of engagement? We talked last week about the Gallup survey engagement scores just came out and some of the other areas that we didn't get to in the last episode. Yeah. So remember, there's these three parts, engagement, not engaged, and actively disengaged. And really what I want our listeners to understand is if we start with engaged, you know, the easy thing for you to do as a self-reflection activity is to think, okay, I, I understand the definition of engaged and I, I can read the Gallup definition, but what does that mean for me? And what does that mean right now in my life? And by the way, work is a part of our lives, not the whole thing. But what does that mean when I'm engaged? What would that look like? So Kyla and I are friends. If Kyla was doing something and I was observing her from the outside world, how would I know she's engaged? So that can be an easy lens to look through if you're having a hard time thinking about that for yourself. Just what are some of those things? Uh, what do they look like? And it, it could be easy, again, I think people get caught up, Kyla, in thinking this has to be some profound philosophical statement or I have to write a thesis. And it's like, no, it can be as easy as, um, frankly, it's easier for me to wake up on time when I feel engaged. Mm. Or maybe I don't feel as tired in the afternoon if I feel mm. engaged. Or maybe I smile more if I feel engaged. Or I participate in a hobby I really like if I feel engaged. Or I'm more creative at work. I submitted an idea. So those little things we alluded to before, we call them glimmers, we call those whispers. And what we want to do is really help you pay attention to those things because we're, we're so busy going through life. These little things pop up and either we don't pay attention to them or we're just like, yeah, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, I've got other stuff to do. So we, we either dismiss that or we don't pay attention to it. So 
one of the things that we like to do is notice awareness is a big thing and capture awareness mm-hmm. and capture. So Kylie, you were telling me about a process you have that helps you capture glimmers. What did that look like? Yes. And I was, I used this when I was, well, Tyne and I are both very tactile and we love anything that involves a highlighter, a marker, exactly our <laughs> our, uh, our journals that you take your journal stickers all the things and so of course I wanted to do something that involved those things so I kept a time lock and I did it for a couple weeks and I kept it from literally the time I woke up until the time I went to bed and wow. uh, in about you know I don't know 30 minute intervals probably so you know when I first woke up what was I doing and, and I didn't, this is really important. You don't want to change anything yet. We're, we're simply observing what you're doing. So I don't want so, to do something and think, oh, I don't, I don't want to do that now because I'm having to write it down. So I want to do something better. Like suddenly I'm going to start working out even though I wouldn't normally be working out right now. Exactly. Exactly. So we're just observing what is because this is going to give us all kinds of data. So you want to write down for a couple of weeks and you can, a lot of people can, can just use their calendar at work. Right. If you have a schedule already that's kept electronically and you could, you can use the same version of I highlighter electronically. So <laughs> when go through your couple of weeks and then the way that I did it was red, yellow, green. So I kind of looked through all of the areas and how would I describe them? Did they light me up? Were they fine? Or were they incredibly painful? And I think for Tyann and I, doing taxes would always be under the red category. Anything taxes, um, for me, frankly, even invoicing, which is how we get paid. Um, I just don't like keeping track of expenses and doing any of that. The bookkeeping, the QuickBooks, all taxes. No. Absolutely. I remember one time meeting, I was at a scrapbooking uh, retreat, and I met this woman, and we started talking, and I said, we were talking about what are you passionate about? And she said, I love to create a spreadsheet. (laughs) And I thought, there's people in the world who love to create a spreadsheet. I need her because there's things in my business that I don't want to do that I can can hire someone else to do, right? So again, you want to begin to write down and capture. And again, you could do red, yellow, green on your electronic calendar, just highlight it and start to see what the patterns are. There's always a pattern. Are you alone? Are you engaging with other people? Are you doing deep thinking? Are you doing curation? Are you like, where are you? Where are you? What is the time of day? Exactly. And that can be really helpful to both assess the time of day for something, but also the activity in general. So for me, I tend to work out I have been told, I had a trainer say to me, do not come back in the mornings ever because you're very grumpy and you don't work as hard. <laughs> okay, so- I love that so much. So we got some some candid feedback on that. Whereas right. if I were to work out at like four in the afternoon, um, I would drag in like the Snuffleupagus from Sesame Street and be not excited about Exactly. So I, I, during this process, it's important to look at both the activity and the time of day because our body clocks determine a lot of our experience with an activity. So you want to capture some notes on both of them. If I was going to work out 
at four o'clock in the afternoon, this would become a green activity. I enjoy it. It supports my long-term why goal of being healthy. But if you put it at six o'clock in the morning, it's going to be a red, even though it's the same activity. So again, capture the nuance, right? And I think you have an activity too to help capture those glimmers. I do. I have so many of these things. Um, You know, we have talked before. I've when I'm looking at clients, I do this. When I look at the kind of work I do in my business, I quite literally have a spreadsheet and I go back at the end of the year and I look at the client and I look at the what the work was. Was it coaching? Was it training? If it was training, what was the topic? Was it a consulting gig? That kind of thing. And I do the same, red, yellow, green. And green has to be, I liked enjoyed working with that client. We had the same energy. I felt like we had the same goals and the project was um, good for me. It made me feel energetic. And so, so the that's project great. might have been green, but the client, if the client's red, then it's not a fit. So you needed to assess both. Right. Have to assess both. If, you know, if I like one and the other's kind of like, mm, I don't know, there was something about it. It wasn't horrible, but it just doesn't feel great. That's a yellow to me. But a red is either both things are yuck or one thing is so yuck, it doesn't make up for the part that I like. Absolutely. So, yeah, I had a um, long-term client I'd been working with, so they would have been in the green category. The projects were, you know, some were strengths related, some were not. So for me, they were kind of greenish yellow. And then they changed the leadership. And the new leader came in and was so unpleasant to work with that suddenly the client became a red. And I wrapped up the piece of work I was um, doing for them and then went back and said, I'm no longer going to be working with you. And that was super scary, especially for the entrepreneurs out there and you get a client and isn't it your dream to have a long-term client that, you know, pays their bills and you know, we'll call you for more work and projects. But it was causing such strife and angst for me. And then even my husband said, you know, you complain about this client a lot. What would happen if you cut them? And my immediate body response was my shoulders went down and I said, that would be the best news I had all day. Absolutely. And I was like, okay, uh, McFly, are you know, are you there? That's a real indicator. And so when we let ourselves kind of get out of that over-rationalization, over, you know, intellectualizing something and just let ourselves go back to a feeling of how does this make me feel? Do I like this or do I not like this? And, and you don't have to justify it to anyone. I think that's where we get trapped too, right? Like, I'm supposed to get up and work out at 5 a.m. because I read how Elrod's um, How to Win the Morning, and that's what he says. So I have to do that or else I'm a terrible human being. It's like, no, that doesn't work for you. doesn't work for you, right? Absolutely. Yeah. There's, um, I was thinking of another funny example. Let's say Christmas cards, for example. Um, I have always sent out Christmas cards really my entire life, and I like it. But I have noticed the volume of Christmas cards I receive in return has dramatically decreased over time. And then people might be like, oh, on Facebook, you know, here's my electronic Christmas card. This is what you're getting this year. It's not going out. I don't feel any personal slight because of that. Sending them as something I like to do. So I don't, you know, but I don't expect everyone else to do it. 
that I have zero expectation that get one, it's a treat. So absolutely, absolutely, that's, that's so. Yeah, I love that because we, you know, we've talked in a previous episode of we have so much more agency than we think, and we're going to talk about a couple of areas that you may not even be exercising your agency. Whether again, it's a corporate setting or your own business or on your way to, your, you know, a career change, you you have so much agency. And yeah, just because it's it's not a heck yes for the person that you're working with or the person receiving whatever you're doing doesn't mean that it's not a heck yes for you. Right, right. In our words of Tim Ferriss there, it's not a hell yeah. Tim Ferriss and Derek Sivers, maybe it should be a hell no, right? And that, Again, I just think we get really caught up in the trap of someone's going to see this list. This isn't politically correct. I can't not send Christmas cards. My mom will be mad at me, um, you know, and on and on. Or And it's just like, you know what, let's just quiet that noise and figure. We're trying to, as um, our Arthur Brooks said today that we're going to talk about for a little bit, he said, it's not research, it's me search. And that resonated so much with both of us because that's what we believe in. We're trying to figure out what lights us up. And the same Absolutely. thing that lights me up is not going to be the same thing that lights you up. And that's okay. In fact, if we were all the same, some of us are redundant. So that's right. Yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. So I, I, there's two things. Jerry Seinfeld, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Jerry. That's right. So I think there's two things we wanted you to know from listening to this podcast. One is to identify some of those glimmers and then begin to take steps closer to those glimmers using the agency that you have. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. And then the second thing is, even as you move closer to these glimmers, you know, there's still, Tyan still has to do invoicing. I still have to do invoicing, Right. Life is not rainbows and daisies, but what we know for sure is that Tyan and I live a life now that is in so much more color than it was before. It used to be more like Groundhog Day, and now it's like a Technicolor. You know, remember when they redid The Wizard of Oz and it was in Technicolor and everything? It's got the retainer. That's how to feel. With um, what was that? With Toby McGuire and Reese Witherspoon on? Was it? Pleasantville or something where they were all in black and white until yeah. they kind of discovered color and became alive. So we have some challenges. It's not like, I mean, every, the whole, the whole movie is the hero's journey, right? The things that they go through to have to get back to self. And that is, that is, that is what separates, um, I think, the, the life that Tyan and I used to have and the life that we have now. We're spending way more time in the things that we love. And we also have tools for the things that are hard that, will, again, it's life and it's going to continue to be hard. So Kyla, let's talk first about that agency piece. And then let's come back to the, uh, the things that might still happen in our lives and how we can help navigate that now. And so, you know, you and I were talking and I was thinking about if we look back at our corporate selves, especially, and so many things that happened where we both felt like we had no agency, you know, I, I can't say something. And now our 50-something selves, like, we absolutely did have agency. We just failed to execute it or invoke mm -hmm. it. And because you have inherent worth, you no one has to give you agency. You have it. 
and we tend to give it away. Um, you know, I very much had this memory that I was working seven to seven. I, I almost truly felt chained to my desk. And I remember thinking um, someone was going to be out for a dental appointment. And I really kind of got indignant about it. And I thought a dentist appointment, like, how dare you do that during the middle of the day? I mean, I can't go to the dentist. And first of all, dentists are not open after the workday, right? And then it's like, who who would have said no to going to a health appointment? And who would have they have been to say no if I had a health appointment? You know, that was a completely legitimate thing that everyone should have been doing. And I should have been able to express that boundary. And it's not like someone told me you can't go get your teeth looked at. I put that on myself. And so to look back and think, I was hamstringing myself. And so really to think about where might we be putting our own shackles on instead of saying, I have agency to do something about this. Because frankly, Kyla, um, when we don't exert our agency and we stay in that spot, it's really kind of a victim spot. Absolutely. And, and sometimes it feels better in the moment to feel like I don't have any control um, because if I did have control, I would have to do something differently. Right. And that, yeah, I, that might be a space I don't feel like I can step into yet. That's such a good point. And let's think about why don't you feel like you have agency? It's usually because of a thought we're having about the agency, right? What if someone gets mad? What if someone says no? What if, and then, and then that creates fear or Right. Anxiety or whatever the feeling is. And so then generally the action we take is we don't even attempt it, which ironically means we feel in advance. So you're, you're going to feel the failure of not even doing it, or you're going to feel, quote unquote, the failure of trying. So wouldn't you rather just feel the failure of trying and see what happens? I mean, you know, isn't that funny? And I just bring up kind of a silly example because it was real. But I think and look back, okay, why why did I feel like I couldn't even go to a, a doctor's appointment? And I thought, well, someone's going to say I didn't get my work done or I'm shirking my work or mm -hmm. I'm not that committed. And A, are any of those things true? And I'm, I'm a Byron Katie situation really questioning, is that true? And then B, um, am I going to get fired because I went to the dentist? Um, no, just because someone else says you're you know, you're a slacker for having left for an hour. Does that make it true? No. Yeah. It doesn't catastrophize. We've talked about in previous episodes, right? <laughs> so obviously we're tired if we go to the dentist. So <laughs> yeah, like there's federal protections for medical things, you know, it was just a, a, such a silly, but I wanted to bring that up because that's very much the, the world I was living in and how my mind was operating at that time. As opposed to just being able to come in and set boundaries of here's when I'm coming in, here's when I'm leaving, I'm going to take care of myself. And anything outside of that is just going to be outside of that. And that's on you if you choose to be angry about it, not me. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And we, uh, I, I often find anytime you're saying I have to or I should, then you want to take a breath and ask yourself, where is that coming from? And is the thought true that you have to do, that you should? And then do you like the reason, even if it is true, 
Do you like the reason? Is it health? Is it a helpful reason? Right. So I was saying, you know, for me, I don't like to exercise in the morning, but I like to exercise in general because uh, being healthy is one of my outcomes in in my life. Stephen Covey's style, right? Go to the end. And so, just because I don't like working out in the morning doesn't mean there's a problem with working out, right? I just needed to tweak the the placement of it. So when we think about setting up our schedule, what what is ideal for the situation? Uh, where do you have agency to create that? As you said, we realize now how much more agency and control we actually had. And I'm I'm always amazed at when you when you look at the actual data situation, you know, to make the request if it involves someone else, how oftentimes it will go in your favor. But we again we catastrophize our black our our you know brains want us to stay exactly where we are even if it's not working. And so no, your brain is always going to offer you that. But again, usually not true. Always not helpful. Isn't that so funny? I mean, again, as to re- uh, reforming people pleasers, I think it's a constant journey. Yes. You know, the idea of having to go to someone and ask for permission and being told no, um, such as what if you went to your workout coach at the time and said, you know, this doesn't feel good. Can I do it in the afternoon? And they were to say no. Well, okay, then I can choose what to do with that. Maybe I change coaches. But like you said, if we don't do that work, that could easily manifest in our head with, see, you know, working out not for me. I'm not going to do it. It doesn't work with my schedule. Um, so I have to just throw the entire thing out, you know, and then that manifests in maybe later I have more health problems yeah. and, you know, I'm less healthy. So now I have other issues or instead of going to your team leader and saying, or asking, you know, is it okay if I go to the dentist at two o'clock on Wednesday? Just informing, I have a, a medical appointment. I'll be gone. Here's when I'll be back. Like full yes. stop. Yes. When yes. another adult get to make a decision if I go see the dentist or not? By that, and I think it, you'll be seeing the dentist a lot more later. <laughs> right. Exactly. It'll take a lot more time out of your schedule, and we see this. I think this is, you know, this is a a massive generalization, but we know men and women are raised differently. And um, part of part of the I mean, my husband never asked permission to do anything. He he states this is what I'm doing. And it's fascinating to watch and that there's no consequences. (laughs) See, it's a statement, not a question or not a statement phrased in the form of a question where your voice goes up at the end of the sentence. The yes. sentence. Yes. No, yes. we're yes. not doing it that way. Yes. And no, I think incredibly successful. Right. I mean, and this is where, you know, we, again, we talked in a previous episode, you have so much more agency than you think you do. And so if, if there's other people around you doing it, I mean, what I, what I was cracking up about your story is it's really because we're frustrated with the other person, right? Wait a minute. Why do they have a thought that they can go during the day? And why don't I get to do that? Okay, well, have you asked anyone? You know, remember we went through that phase where people were putting, I only check email between this hour and this hour. Well, like, who do they think they are, right? Must be nice. Must be nice. Exactly. Yeah. So anytime you catch yourself saying, must be nice, to, you know, 
what fill in the blank, whatever the thing is, ask yourself, is that really true? Is it always true? Can you find one example? I always love that quote from Michael Jordan. I miss all the shots I don't take. Um, was that a Wayne Gretzky? Oh, was it Wayne Gretzky? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I've been in all these games. I've missed all these, you know, game winning shots. I've failed at all these free throws, but here's all the things that I, I did make. And, you know, you miss everything you don't do. Um, it was some Brene Brown looking at that feeling of resentment, since that can be a favorite go-to of mine. It's really kind of that envy and jealousy under there of, I wish I could do what that person's doing. If I feel like they're working less hard than me, I would like to work less hard and get away with it. Or I would like to take time off during the day and get away with it. That's actually what we're saying. When we're like, oh, must be nice to be able to come in late. I'd like to be able to come in late. Right? Yeah. So just, I love envy is resentment. I mean, that, yeah, or resentment. It's so, it's so interesting. Again, that's why can't I do this? Well, what if you can? Right. Um, why can't you? By the way, you can somewhere or another. We're, we're going to talk in a future episode about how to create a job description. Uh, that doesn't exist in the world that you put out in the world to start to attract all the things that you're looking for, whether it's changing careers, moving companies, your own business, whatever the things are. Because one of the things I know we both that both resonated with us so much about the so so there's a Harvard professor researcher who began working with Oprah, and they have just had a book that has come out, and they did a interview on. CBS Sunday morning. And one of the things that they talked about was that Oprah's interviewed, was it 37,000 people yes. over her career? 37,000 people, you guys. Isn't that people. That's, that just blows your mind. And they were talking about the fact that people would say to her, I just want to be happy. But they had never thought about what happiness actually looks like. They'd never written it down. They'd never created a lens for that to make decisions. And instead they were saying things like, well, I'll be happy. I I just want my kids to be happy. Or I'll be happy when my husband gets a job and he's happy. Or I'll be happy when we can pay off the car. Or and like, but that's not you. Those are all externalities. And it's the arrival fallacy too, right? right? The the arrival is always a fallacy because as we talked a little bit ago, life is a contrast. So even if you get all the things, whatever the things are that you think you want in your life, that's going to make you, it, it's really because we all want to feel better to be perfectly honest. That's really what drives everything in our life. We think, oh, well, I'll feel better when I have this. I'll feel better when I don't have to work, when I have financial freedom. I'll feel better when people stop cutting me off on the highway. I'll feel better. But in reality, life is a contrast. And no matter where you are, you're going to have a human experience. <laughs> Which I love so much. So let's talk about some of those because this week in particular, you and I have had some human experiences. Um, would you like to share yours first? Yes, we have. And we want you, we want our listeners to know that even though our life is in technicolor compared to our life before, and we would never go back, we are still human beings having a human experience. <clears throat> and so usually we close the episode with things that we we uh, get to do, quote unquote, because of this life 
you know, that we're leading, the life that we imagined. We're doing all these things that we didn't do before. And while that's true, they don't always go perfectly. They're still, again, that experience that is human. So for me, one of the things that I get to do now is I have time to take more dance classes. Which we know, yeah. I mean, you've loved since you were a child. That brings you and not For 25 years in corporate America, I mostly didn't do because I didn't have the time. Yeah. So... I decided that the one kind of t- uh, dance class I'd never taken in my whole life, I mean, I'm self-taught, but I'd never actually taken a class, was tap. I had bought some tap shoes at a garage sale when I was about 10, and I practiced in our garage, but again, self-taught. That was the only thing I'd ever done. So I decided I was going to take an adult class. There's a great class that's been going on a very long time in our community. So I get my tap shoes. I show up. And my feet start hurting before I even take the class. <laughs> and I thought, that's not a good sign. I'm literally standing around. Foot hurts. Okay. Yes, I'm just standing there and my feet are hurting. And I, I thought, that, that's not good. And then I proceeded, that was on a Tuesday. On Thursday, I proceeded to go to a three-day conference, which, you know, there's never any walking around at conferences. Okay. Right. Yeah, you're 12,000 steps a day at a conference. Exactly. By Saturday, I couldn't walk, literally. Oh. And that is a good reflection of, again, the, the, con- the contrast that is the human experience. And I'm, I was showing Tyann, I still have a, this thing called an air cast, um, thanks to my friend Allison, who told me about it to try and um, get my foot um, back in better shape. And you know, I will figure this out one way or the other, but it's not been a very fun experience. And my, um, you know, my vision of what this tap class was going to be is not exactly coming to fruition. Okay, Kyla. So you've set up your life so that you have space and margin that you could do things that are fun. Dance is fun. You know, you're going to go do this tap thing. And yet life happens. So now you've got to deal with it. Now you have the air cast. So in your mind, are you thinking, well, that's just, that sucks. I can never do dance again. See, dance, you know, is not going to be a part of my life. Is that your thinking? Or are you just thinking, hey, I'm going to get healed up and then I'll do it again? Such a great question, Tyann. Because again, the only difference you guys that are listening between Tyann and I and you is that we have tools for our brain. That you don't have. That's literally the only difference. And we're teaching you those tools on this podcast. Absolutely. And so, yes, Diane, I, the old Kyla probably would have said, I, well, I can't do tap dance because the old Kyla believed the black and white part of my brain that was always quickly assessing information and making determinations. And the new Kyla, her brain is much more nuanced. And it's set up for possibility. We, we talked about creating possibility in a previous episode. And so the new Kyla, her brain says, we're going to get an air cast. We're going to go to a chiropractor and get some treatment. We're going to rest it because Kyla has margin and space to actually rest her foot. Right. And worst case scenario, because it helps our brain to go to the worst case scenario sometimes, as Tyne and I have also talked about. Yeah. I can wear tennis shoes and just pretend that I'm the sound. 
But you can have one of those cassonettes in your hand and just make the That is a fantastic idea. I've never thought of that. I'm totally doing that, Tyann. I mean, really, because if you're if you're in that sort of negative space, you might be thinking, see, I'm stupid. This is just one of those things I can't do. I don't even know why I was thinking I could. You know, you can really start to have that self-judgment on something that was a completely frankly, a neutral activity. It's just something that happened, right? Mm-hmm. Your, your foot didn't decide you were a terrible human being. And to get you, it it just hurt. I mean, so it was just a random event. And now, like you said, we have the tools to work through it. Now, it doesn't mean you weren't upset about it um, or push some things back, but it, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. What about you? What's been going on? What hasn't been going on, Kyla? So... One thing that's interesting, and I have set up this life where, you know, I love being live with my clients for trading sessions. Um, I do a lot. Well, of- that is- yeah, but my favorite is to be live in person. I really yeah. get a yeah. lot of energy from that, and I feel very restored. Now, by the way, that's one of those things when people say, you know, what's the thing you you fear most in life? It's like being up on stage speaking in front of a group of people. And I'm like, pick me, pick me. <laughs> so I love it. And that's truly what I like to do in my business and what I have set it up for. So part of that. And then let me, let me ask you a question. Do you just do you just do this like, like bewitched and then you're at the location? Is that how you get there? God bless. If that is an option, <laughs> please phone me if someone out there has that or the teleportation. Remember the fly with you know, Jeff Davis and uh, all that stuff. Yeah, I'm still waiting for that because, I mean, come on, Elon Musk. Like, surely we can solve this. I'm thinking of like a pneumatic tube at the bank where I just get it and I'm, you know, shot over to where I know things. Sadly, that's not how it works. And, you know, I'm based in Austin, which is a marvelous city with second tier flight schedules. Um, if I was in Dallas, that's a major hub. It's a lot easier. So oftentimes out of Austin, there's not a direct flight somewhere. And because I have agency and choice in my life, I have decided that even if Southwest goes there directly, that is not my airline of choice if it's over two hours, because I do not like being trapped in a middle seat with a Dixie cup of water. That's not my idea of arriving in the best possible myself. So I've set that boundary. Fine. So I go to travel, and again, I do this all the time. No problem. I have a connection in Charlotte, and I'm going to Newark. And it's just one of those planes, trains, and automobiles day where delays, delays, change of terminals, change of planes, board a plane, have to get off the plane because of a mechanical issue, have to find a new plane. That plane has a situation. There's extreme turbulence in the air. It's not a great experience. We get to New Jersey. There's someone at our gate. We have to sit on the tarmac. So, and it's approaching at this point about 11 p.m. Have to take a bus to get to the rental car terminal. I have an assigned slot per my app on my phone, walk out, and there's no car. So I had a complete Steve Martin moment from Barron and Wensley. You're missing with the wrong guy. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Total, total Steve Martin moment where I was very indignant. I had to drag my bag all the way back to the rental car counter where there were 15, I counted, 15 people ahead of me in line to get to the counter 
went through this whole rigmarole and the gal says, I'll upgrade you to a minivan. And I'm thinking, really, sis, that doesn't seem like an upgrade. I had a Jeep Grand Cherokee reserved, but sure, I'll take your upgrade. <laughs> Finally, then get in the car. It's a smoker's car. Someone is. Oh, no, no, no. It's almost midnight and I still have an hour to drive to my hotel. Hotel was kind of less than, you know, great. Not to be a prima donna. It, it was just there were some cleanliness issues at the hotel. I pretended like some stains were um, old stains and not new stains. I don't know. It was just a situation. I, think that's fine. I, I was just going to pretend like everything's fine. And then I got to get up at 6 a.m. to get ready to go drive another chunk of time to get to my client. So I was there, had time to prepare in order to do this session. Okay, so let's let's pause there. Yeah. So you you went through all of this, yeah, and yet did not get on a plane and say this is not working and go back home. I'm like, well, this we'll just turn around, not and go. Clearly, I'm not meant to do this. And this is so important, you guys, because sometimes when we hit roadblocks, our brain is like, just stop. I, we told you to stay in the cave where it's safe, where there's food, where there's no lion eating you right? But sometimes it's not helpful to listen, right? This is where your basic needs to step up, especially when it feels like our reptilian brain is creeping up. And remember, mine's the velociraptor. My velociraptor can't drive. And so I really need to keep my prefrontal cortex in the driver's seat before my velociraptor takes over and we end up in a ditch. Because it could be, and someone could say, well, I told you so. Travel's a nightmare. And I was really thinking about that, especially as I was on one of the legs of the flight where people were complaining about whatever. And the guy next to me said, well, you know, they could cancel this flight. I'm just going to a meeting I don't want to go to anyway. I'm like, fine, with me. And I was thinking, well, I have to get to this place. I am the meeting. But it really then occurred to me, out of all the travel that I have done, I mean, I've millions travel miles accumulated at this point. The percentage of time when travel has had one of these days, I mean, it's really certainly less than 5%, probably even lower than that. So I would say 95% of the time or more, it's fine. It's just fine. You know, maybe there's a five minute delay or something, but it's it's nothing, you know, like that. So that was really an actual data versus just generalization. Yeah, just like back to your time log, you have actual data in there. And so that was helpful perspective for me, even as I had a Steve Martin moment in the Avis rental car spot that was empty. I just thought, you know, I'm here to do something I like with a client I like. And as soon as I walked in there, and they're always so delightful, really, to work with, you would know it was a four-hour session, and I'm running on fumes and no food at this point i wanted to give them the best of me because that's what they've paid for and so mm -hmm. i i still brought it and you know what i got energy from them i was excited mm -hmm. when i finished the session because that's what i do now it's and let's drive back to newark not exactly however yeah. <laughs> but let's contrast that with a previous story you told that our listeners can go back and find in one of our early episodes <laughs> where you weren't in your zone of genius. You didn't have any margin. Right. And it was a very different outcome. It involved India. 
It involved jet lag. It involved probably a stomach bug, if I recall correctly. And pizza. Yes. So you can just go back and find that. That was definitely. I seem to recall. Um, So isn't it interesting that some of the circumstances are the same? Because that's life, right? To travel, we we don't have teleportation yet. Going to a client. Yes. Absolutely. Right. And so, again, for for our listeners, I think this is so vital that there are pieces of it that are the same. And when you do your time log, when you ask yourself the questions, there's going to be pieces that are going to be the same. But where is there a place that you want a difference? And for you, it is speaking in person on a topic that you're incredibly passionate about that's changed your own life, right? right. And it's tools for your brain that help you see differently some of those circumstances that are beyond our control. And you're thinking different thoughts about them now. 100%. I mean, my truly my mission in life is to enable people to dis- rediscover their inherent worth and see the light go back on in their eyes. Mm-hmm. And when I'm with people in person, I can do that. I can see that. And that gives me that that resilience, that perseverance, that engagement lift. And I was telling you before, you know, and when I got home, it's not like everything was rosy when I walked in the door too. you know, hashtag life. Um, I have a husband, there's kids, there's a house. I mean, there's just situations. But what I was able to do when I was talking to my husband about, you know, this is just kind of one of those weeks. He said, I have a counseling session set up tomorrow. Could you come with me? And, you know, my first instinct was to say, no, I couldn't possibly do that. It's in the middle of the workday. I've got these meetings. But then I caught myself in that thought pattern. And I thought, wait a minute. And I looked at my calendar and I thought, I can reschedule or cancel any of these things. And it is. Could you have done that in your old life? Oh, no. No, no, no. (laughs) And I probably honestly would have sort of poo-pooed the thought of going to a counselor to begin with. Right. Like, who does that? I don't have time for that. What are they going to do for me? Kind of thing. Right. And, you know, has just said, I think it could be helpful for you to, to come with me and we'll process through this together. And so I did. In fact, I had a meeting with someone and I sent them a message and just said, I've had something come up. Can you just email me what we were going to talk about? And you know what she said? Yes. Brilliant. Brilliant. And so that was such a better investment of my time, being able to go to the counselor and then talk to my coach, Kyla, and feel so much better mentally about where I am now and how to process some of these things. And that just never would have happened before when I didn't feel like I had agency and I didn't feel like I had margin or boundaries. Mm -hmm. So what we, you know, we want you, the listeners to know is that we're on this journey too. And we're, we just have a few more tools than you have. And we would love for you to continue to learn those tools. We want you to continue to take a small step, move closer to turning the page, using everything that you have and realizing you do have more agency, you can set boundaries and we want you to continue to pay attention to the glimmers. Stay tuned again as we're going to help you take a lot of the information you're collecting and create the next iteration, whatever that looks like for you of turning the page. We'll see you next time. Bye. If you'd like to turn the page and design your dream career and life, 
check out our website at turnthepagewithkylaandtyann.com. While you're there, you can download some fun freebies, see the show notes for the podcast, and also see some behind-the-scenes photos. Those are my favorite. If you'd like to reach us, there's two ways. I'm Tyann, and I specialize in strengths training, speaking, and coaching. You can go over to the website and reach me by clicking the About Tyann button. If you'd like to work with me, Kyla, for transition or life coaching, click on the About Kyla section. This podcast was brought to you by Kyla Martin Consulting and Osborne Consulting Group.